and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Do you feel like you've not been able to make headway in achieving your goals? Or did you start the year pumped, ready to move forward on making things happen and simply lost your way? Things don't need to just get better. They actually can be better. In Design Your Dream Life, I'll show you a proven pathway to take you from where you are now to a life filled with joy, wholeness, success, and fulfillment. I'll give you the keys to not just developing a plan, but taking massive empowered action to make your dreams a reality. Turn roadblocks into stepping stones and leverage the power of gratitude and forgiveness. Let's face it, taking massive empowered action and making your dreams a reality isn't always easy. So I'll be there with you every step of the way. Visit dreamlifetoolkit.com to purchase your copy of Design Your Dream Life, obtain resources and join our free community. Again, that's dreamlifetoolkit.com. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. You guys, our next guest was in the corporate world for quite a while. And she actually started a network marketing company. Uh, She'll tell us a bit more about that. And now is the founder of Expert VA and Virtual Expert Training, where she coaches and trains women who want to build their own virtual assistant home-based business. She runs her virtual empire from her dream home, which is a tiny home in the middle of Missouri National Forest, which she now says has a bit faster internet. (laughs) Uh, She's in her pajamas, her tiara, because that's the type of kingdom she's ruling. And why not? She knows when you become a powerful woman, you can make your own rules. I'm super excited to hear her story and hear her wisdom on how she can help us design our dream life. Welcome to the show, Kathy G. Thank you, Denise. I really appreciate you introducing me so beautifully and inviting me on to your dream cast. Yeah, so say your last name because I didn't even try. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. It is so hard. It's my name is Kathy Guggenauer. And you notice how I pause between Kathy and Guggenauer? I have to do that because otherwise I can't even say it right. <laughs> and I also <laughs> have to spell it all at once, like saying my ABCs. If I don't start with A, then I don't know, you know what's after that. With my name, if I don't spell it all at once, I get it messed up. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, her website's way easier to remember, you guys. So we'll give you that in a bit. But Kathy, yeah. I'd love to hear a bit about your story because you were in a corporate job and... Like mm-hmm. a lot of us who get into our corporate jobs, we realize it's not really what we want. But because honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what we're taught, right? To go to school and get a oh, job absolutely. and stay there for 30 years and then retire. We don't know what to do next. So tell me a bit about your corporate career and then the transition to working at home. So Denise, you know, I'm quite a bit older than you. In fact, I could be your mother for sure and maybe even your grandmother. Um <laughs> So I'm 63 now, but when I was 40, and anybody who's listening to this, no matter what age you are, you probably realize that the age of 40 is not usually where people go, you know what, I think I'm just going to quit my corporate job and do something else. Um, Because 
that's when ageism really starts. If if you're young and you don't realize this, ageism starts at 40. So don't be quitting your job thinking, oh, it's, I'm going to easily get another job. But if you want to do something else that is really your dream, then I say go for it no matter what your age. Okay. So me, at the what age do of 40, you mean by ageism? Um, if you want to go try to get a job, a J-O-B, not build your own business. There's no ageism. There's no nothing when you build your own business. But when you try to go get employed after the age of 40, they look at you and mm, no, you're, you know, and they can't l- legally do that, but they do it. Interesting. Very much. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Very, very, very much. Yes. What were you doing? What was your corporate career? Yeah. So I was in marketing and I was a marketing manager at a Fortune 500 company. I'd been there almost 20 years and I stopped getting promoted. And I went in and asked my boss what was going on. And the first time I asked him, he told me I didn't have a master's. And so other people were going to get promoted because I didn't have that. So I went back and got my MBA and it took two years and, you know, happy to do it if that's going to mean promotions. And then I didn't get promoted again. And somebody else without a master's in our group got promoted. So I went and asked him, he goes, do you want to know the truth? I was like, I really would have liked to know the truth two years ago. And he goes, all right, I'll tell you, you laugh and smile too much. And until you change that about yourself, you are never going any higher in this company. Wow. So Denise, I know, I just, I just went back to my little, (laughs) well, I went back to my little cubicle and cried because just like you were mentioning, you know, when I grew up, everybody believed that working in a corporation, building your pension, retiring, and then living your dream life was what you had to do. I didn't even know there was another option. So when that hit me that I was going to have to change who I am. And by the way, Denise, my highest value is joy and laughter. Those are my highest values. I need that every day to survive. And when that hit me like a ton of bricks, I was just like, okay, I don't have to put up with this. I could actually do something else. And fortunately, my husband was in agreement with me because I actually was getting physically ill. I was getting migraines. I ended up in the ER a couple of different times with it because I was so stressed. So I had gone to, you know, like many people, I had gone to a party, a home party, and I experienced what it was like to, um, the name of the company was Party Light, to be at one of these parties. And then I got the opportunity to join the program And I was so excited. I was like, yeah, I can do this. This is going to be my new business. So I indeed quit that corporate job. And when I took my uh, letter into my boss, my resignation letter, that same boss, he said, oh, no, you can't quit. You're making the biggest mistake of your life. You're never going to make this kind of money anywhere again. And I just want to pause for a minute because I stayed at my job where I I didn't really like I was a clinical psychologist. And so I was working Mm -hmm. community mental health with really low income, high need, like addiction, just a lot of really hard, heavy situations. And because it was all I knew, I was afraid to leave. I was afraid to get another job. I was afraid because at least I knew the paperwork. And I think it's so interesting (laughs) how we get in a spot and we wonder, is the grass really greener on the other side? Maybe I just need to suck it up and figure out how to like it here. When in fact- Those headaches were telling you something. That physical pain was telling you something. And in the midst of you listening to yourself and finally taking that step of action, of course, the people around you in that job said the same thing. Oh, well, 
this is the best it will ever be for you. Isn't that awful? And I think so many people live in yes. that space for years because not oh, only do they say their whole lives. Yeah. Because that's what people around them are saying too. That's right. Yeah. Literally my coworkers who I thought were my friends. That's the other thing that's really eye-opening is when you quit a job, how few people that you thought were truly your personal friends really aren't your personal friends. They told me I owed the company to stay there. And I'm like, what the heck do I owe this company? And then they would take another tactic and say, well, you only have 15 years until you can have full retirement. Can't you just wait another 15 years? And I'm like, I can barely wait another 15 minutes. I feel like my life is leaking out of me. I literally felt like my soul was being sucked out of my body. When your soul is dying, my friends, it's not, do not, it's time to change your side. (laughs) Yeah. And that's literally what I thought. I thought 15 years, that's a lifetime almost. Mm -hmm. No, I'm going to go do something else. And I will tell you that while it has been scary, there's ups and downs and sideways and, you know, around in a full circle. I am so incredibly thankful that I dared to dream and live my life. I, I am so thankful. Now, I will tell you, you know, it's now been like 27 years, something like that, since I quit. And I can't believe that much time has gone by. And all my colleagues that were there, they have fully retired now. And here's the sad thing, and I'm sure you hear this a whole lot. A lot of them, right after they retired, died or had some, one of my best, one of my closest friends Mm -hmm. who did remain a friend, she had a really massive stroke. And not everybody has a horrible story like that, but, you know, that would have been me. I would have been dead or, you know, unable to live my life. You know, when you wait, when you put everything on hold until you're retired, then sometimes you're physically unable to enjoy your life anymore because it's just too late. It's like waiting to live. Now, when I was working, I felt like a zombie. Um, I felt out of body, essentially, like where I was like going through the motions, but my head and my heart were not interested. And because it was so heavy, you know, you get become jaded because you can't care more than they do. And it just was a really hard Mm -hmm. spot. Like you said, I know a lot of people who live there for decades because they don't know any different and that's why we're excited about the Dreamcast. And I'm super excited to hear your pivot story because there are options. We no longer live in a day and age where you need to go to a work, a job you hate with people you don't even like to make minuscule income. <laughs> we really have <laughs> that's right. Options. And because so many things are now virtual, I think the options are growing because again, oh, yeah. there's a lot of things that you can do mm-hmm. virtually. And that's yeah. really what you ended up pivoting to. So tell us about yeah. um, how you you started with a network marketing company and then you mm-hmm. got into uh, becoming a virtual assistant. Anybody who's in or has been in or has thought, you know, tried out the network marketing thing, please know that is like the best training you can ever go through. I did incredibly well in that industry and learned how to sell learned how to connect with people really quickly. It was a great experience to have right after the corporate world because it really boosted my confidence. Because as you can imagine, coming out of that corporate world, I was just beat. I was. I felt like a little piece of dirt under somebody's foot. So getting that training in the network marketing and putting myself out there, getting the accolades, winning awards, winning trips, all that kind of stuff, that just really boosted boosted myself. And then my husband got uh, an opportunity to do a contract job for six months in Nova Scotia, Canada. And 
at first I, did, I said, no, I'm not going to go with you. And then I realized that was missing an opportunity. So I went ahead and put my party light business on hold. And I went well, because party light was very party based. Right. And this was oh, before internet. This is before anything internet yeah. was okay. happening. I literally carried candles to people's houses and set them up and then carried them back home. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I would do like two parties on Sundays and I loved it. It was really a party and it was really fun. But I couldn't do that from Canada. So I put it on hold and I went with him to Canada. And then we started traveling across the U.S. and Canada with different jobs that he had. And I was helping to buy or rent homes virtually. And I'm very opinionated. (laughs) So I would tell the real estate agents, I'm like, oh, you need to work on your website and you need to work on your marketing. You need to do blah, blah, blah. And one of them finally said, hey, instead of just telling me what to do, why don't you do it? And I'm like, sure. You want to pay me to do that? And he's like, yeah. And so I started working for him and he's the one that told me what you're doing is called being a virtual assistant. And I'm like, what, what is that? So then I Googled that and found out about it. This is in 2001. And then my husband, the industry he was in, telecommunications industry crashed in 2001. There were no jobs to be had. And we had this little cabin that we owned in Missouri. And I said, I think I can make a really great business out of this VA thing. At the time, I had two clients. And I'm like, let's move there. You can retire and I'll make the income because, Denise, I'm not domestic. I don't like to cook. I don't like to clean. I don't like to do any of those domestic things. But I love to work, especially when I can help others. And my husband was like, yeah, okay, that sounds pretty good. Let's try it. And six months later, he was like, I'm never leaving here. I'm staying here forever. And my business was already taken off. And I built one of the first six-figure VA businesses that there were because back then VA was very new. And now I teach others how to do the same. And just so you know, you know, that boss that told me I couldn't, uh, I would never make that kind of money. I made twice that amount within just a few years of leaving, within three years of leaving. And now, uh, this year, my revenue is right at $1 million. Um, I'd have to say it's working. <laughs> so, so I was just like, ha, I knew it. I knew I had this. I believed in myself, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's the ultimate question. Ultimate question. Do you believe in yourself? Because the world's your oyster. Essentially, you can and do, can be whatever you want and create products and do services and sell your business. You can do so many different things. The question is, is do you have high enough belief in yourself to work through the hardships that pop up? So tell me a bit about some of the roadblocks you may have experienced along the way and how you overcame them. Well, let's talk about mindset for a minute because that was a big one for me. I got to right at 100000 in income and I didn't realize it at the time, but my brain was saying that's that's all you're worth because that was double what I was making in the corporate world back in 1996. And that was like, okay, now that's what you're worth. And I didn't realize my brain was telling me that until fortunately I worked with a coach who said, oh my gosh, you don't think you're worth more than 100,000. And I'm like, what? And once we worked on that, it was true because I had everything in place to make more. I had a proven product. I was just self-sabotaging. And once we worked through that, it didn't take very long for it to shift. And I went from 100,000 to 300,000 in just a couple of months. 
And then the next year from 300,000 to 700,000, literally that quickly with a mindset shift. So if you're running up against stuff and you're like, why is everybody else making money and I'm not? Why am I stuck here? Examine your own thoughts, examine your own limiting beliefs because you might be like me and holding yourself back. Well, and that's the power of working with a coach who can step outside of you, hear you, kind of repeat back what you're saying and go, wait a minute, is that really true? Because so many things are in our subconscious and we're kind of running on this autopilot that we default to these, to these, this way of thinking. And we think it's normal and or correct or true or whatever until someone else says, "Mm -mm -mm, I think, I I think we can bust through that. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And that's really what it felt like was once I broke through, then it was easy. And before that, it felt so hard. I was literally stuck at 100,000 for three years. I was like, this is crazy. Why am I stuck here, right? This doesn't make sense. And I was like, I would try this tactic. I would try that tactic. And it wasn't a new tactic I needed. It was a shift in my own thinking. Oh, so good. So, so good. And I also think that we hit different ceilings as we go, don't you? I mean, like for me, it was 100,000. Now that looking back, I see why, because I had set that goal. My goal was to double the income. 100,000 was that. And once I reached that, it was like, okay, that's it. Um, And I hadn't thought more. But I think we hit ceilings periodically going, okay, like right now, I'm right at a million. And I'm like, have I hit a ceiling again? I need to be doing some work on my mindset. So I literally thought about that. and And so I am doing that work. Another challenge I ran up against that I'm sure a lot of your listeners who already have businesses run up against, especially if you're working a job and working a business part-time, which a lot of us do as we're building our businesses, you no longer have enough time to do anything. Uh, Somebody just asked me the other day, which is more important to you, time or money? And I'm like, time for sure, because I can always make more money, but I cannot create more time. And so I decided to start building a team of independent contractors who could work with me. Um, And that's really before I even started my VA training company that I run now, where I teach other VAs. I was trying to hire them because I had 70 real estate agents at one point that I was supporting. I mean, you know, I was turning away people. I had a waiting list and I couldn't find enough people to work with me to help those real estate agents. Um, So that's when I started my training program because I realized there was a deficit there. People didn't know about the VA industry. They didn't know how to do that work. And while there's a really easy transition from the skills that you use in the corporate world to the skills that you use online, the mindset shift, again, I'm here to mindset and I don't really mean to be, I've got a theme here and I didn't even mean to have one. But what I didn't realize was I was so programmed to be an employee, I didn't know how to be an entrepreneur. And so I had to learn that, that shift in my mindset. Oh, yeah. That's a part of my story as well. I often say I went to school and I became a really good worker. You know, I was a hard worker. But in, me too. But when I didn't have a boss anymore telling me mm-hmm. what to do and giving me a deadline, I had to mm-hmm. figure yep. that out within myself. And I think mm-hmm. um, often leadership skills aren't taught in schools. And anyway, we're homeschooling our boys Absolutely. this year to avoid chaos. Good for you. I'm really like, all right, what do I really want them to learn? And let's mm-hmm. go from there. And, and that's one of them, because I think 
I think a lot of us come out as really good employees. So yeah, I hear you there. I sure did. And I was not a leader at all. In fact, I'm, I'm sure you have the same feeling, which is they squelch that in you. They don't want you to be a leader. Don't rock the boat. Yeah. Stay in your lane. This is your job description. You're not going to get out of this. Yeah, you know, don't, don't try to give us ideas. We don't want them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. As an entrepreneur, you have to have those ideas. Yeah. Right? Our job now is yeah. to dream big and then That's right. figure it out. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly and so right. you you start as a VA, you're, you're really experiencing success. And then you have so many clients that you're like, all right, now I need a VA for my own VA business. Mm-hmm. And you start right. hiring people right. to be a part of your team. When did you okay. say, all right, I'm, I'm not just going to be the VA, I'm going to train other VAs. And how does somebody who's looking to make more money and thinks this could be a viable option for them, what are some things that they need to know? Is that a lot of questions? Yeah. Asking? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So when I could not find, and here I have three P's that I'm looking for in a virtual assistant that's going to be professional, proactive, and a problem solver, okay? So there's like kind of a difference between virtual assistants who are generalists and who are admins that you're going to tell, here's what you're going to do next, and here's what you're going to do next. Those people are going to make between $15 and $25 an hour as a VA. If that's what you love to do and that's the price range you want to be in, great. You can be a general virtual assistant. That's not what I teach. I teach, and I've trademarked a term called virtual expert. I teach you to kick it up a level, okay? And I teach you to do that not by teaching you new skills. You already know how to do whatever it is you love to do, or you can easily figure that part out. I teach you that thing we were just talking about, Denise, how to be an entrepreneur, how to build a business, how to market, how to price, how to what I call find, get, and keep clients. Because when I talk about marketing and sales, most of the women that love to be VAs, they're they're self-proclaimed introverts. That idea of marketing and selling terrifies them. But the idea of finding, getting, and keeping clients, that's exciting. So that's what I teach them how to do. So you're taking a stay-at-home mom or somebody who's working full-time and wants to start a side business. And you're not yeah. just sharing with them how to be it, like the technical skills of how to being right. to be a VA, but you're, or VE, we should say, right? Uh, virtual yeah. expert. You are That's teaching right. them how to build their own product and their own business so that That's they can right. then continue to scale, maybe just like you did. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we actually have an Ascension program where when you come in, we teach you the basics. You know, what does it mean to be a solopreneur or an LLC? How do you get your business license set up? I and mean, we do everything because when you're right out of the corporate world or you've been a stay-at-home mom, you don't know how to do all that yet. So we teach you all of that through how to identify your niche, your target market, then how to actually learn about them, how to get your website written and set up. I mean, every step of the way, you're getting clients. And by the way, the average hourly rate for a virtual expert is $45 an hour in the US and Canada. And what do you, would you say people are hiring virtual experts for? What are some of the, the jobs that they're doing? Yeah. So as you can imagine, this industry was already just huge and growing super fast before COVID hit. But once COVID hit, it just went crazy. At least five times more requests, minimum of five times more requests than I'm getting for VAs and VEs now than ever before because everybody's online now, right? So some of the top things, and it's it's everything across the spectrum. So I look... For 
from, are you really creative? And do you want to do writing? Like, do you want to write blog posts? Do you want to do social media and do imagery for people? All the way over to the other end, which is techie. And you can do any kind of techie work. And by techie, I don't mean that you need to know coding. You know, all the systems now that entrepreneurs use, you log into the back end and you learn how to run that back end and you do that for them. So that's the kind of techie work. If you really wanted to get as techie as possible, it would be doing something like um, setting up a WordPress website for people. And then in between is like bookkeeping, marketing of any kind, like social media marketing, LinkedIn marketing, you name it, it's needed. Oh, here's another biggie, Denise, that you're going to go, oh yeah, podcast management. Mm -hmm. There are so many steps to do when you have a podcast. People have no idea, do they? No, I'm like, (laughs) I want to record and hand it off. (laughs) Yes, it's exactly what I want to do too. Yeah. And when you have a podcast manager, you can absolutely do that. Yeah, absolutely. So those are just a few ideas, but I help people figure out what they love to do, who they love to work with. And then we put those two things together and that's their dream job and they love it and they love the people they work with. And I also teach them how to fire people when they're not a good fit. Okay. Tell me more about burning any bridges. Why is that important? Yeah. So, well, one of the things that I decided for myself when I quit that corporate job, which was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life, right? Because everybody said, including my own mom, you're not going to be able to, this is this is the stupidest thing you've ever done. So I decided right then I was never going to do anything again that didn't make me happy. And that includes working with clients. So if you bring in a client who you think is going to be a good fit for you, And they end up not being a good fit for whatever reason. And usually it's personality reasons. Like I don't mind last minute stuff. So clients that have last minute stuff, I was fine with. But there are a lot of people that really hate last minute work. So if you have a client who always, always has last minute work and you hate that, that's not going to be a good fit for you. You're going to dread working with that client. So you just let them know because you have a contract. You just follow the contract and say, you know, this is your 14 day notice that I'm no longer going to be able to work with you. And with me, I always like to do like um, when I put it in an email, I do a sandwich email where the first paragraph is something nice. It's been great working with you. Or, you know, really love what you do. Second paragraph, this is your notice. that I'm not going to be working with you anymore as of this and end it with best wishes, right? So good, middle, bad, and good. Well, I think it's important to, as an entrepreneur, to realize that we have boundaries and we get, we have choices. And I think sometimes we get in this needy space where we're like, I need new distributors to sign on my team. I need new customers to sign up with my product. Mm -hmm. I need new coaching clients. I need somebody. And we get Mm -hmm. in this place where we'll take anyone and everyone. And then what happens is we get burnt out or we feel our soul sucked out of us again. (laughs) And what I think we're we're learning here, you you guys, is that we, there's so many people in this world and there's so many ways to make an income that you don't have to feel stuck in your entrepreneurial job either. Mm -hmm. You really can define your own terms, decide what you really want and then ask for that. Exactly. That is exactly right. Decide what you want and ask for that. Because as a virtual assistant or a virtual expert, you're an independent contractor. And, you know, independent contractors, they get to say when they work, where they work, how much they charge, all of that good stuff, right? Or they're not considered an independent contractor. So lean into that. Yes, still be kind, still be professional, still be proactive, problem solving, all of those things. But set your own boundaries and stick to them. I, I, and the faster you do that, the happier you're going to be because you teach people how to treat you. 
And unfortunately, Denise, I made the mistake early on of teaching people that they could treat me any way they wanted to. And then I had to like, let go of all of them and find people that I could teach. Yes, I have boundaries. I figured that out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the funny thing. I'm, I'm caring. However, you're, Mm -hmm. I often, I teach a hundred percent responsibility in a lot of my, you know, our trainings and I often mm-hmm. say, if I'm going to take 100% responsibility for you or for me, then I'm going to let you take 100% responsibility for you, which means I'm not going to own your stuff. And coming from the counseling profession, uh, it's been interesting to transition to really having those boundaries and just saying, you know, I can care and I can support and I can be a part of this, but um, you got to do you and I'm going to do me and that's okay. And, and Denise, I love that so much. Would you mind if I ask you a further question about that? Sure. Because I love that concept. So um, when you take 100% responsibility for yourself and the other person takes 100% responsibility for, they're supposed to have done that, but they still come back at you with, yes, but I know, I know you've set this boundary, but I need X, Y, Z. Then what do you do, Denise? Good question. Um <laughs> You know, I think you turn it back on them. You you okay. can even ask them questions. Why do you need that? Are there other ways that you can fulfill that need? Um, who else in your life can help you with this? Great, I'll have this done in three days. You know, like you kind of turn it mm-hmm. back on them mm-hmm. and stay yeah. firm. Because what I found is some, most people aren't going to memorize your boundaries. And and so they're not going to know what they oh, are. Oh, of course not. I had a, yeah, a, you have a to leader, remind them. Yeah, I had a leader one time who said, Denise knows I don't work on Wednesdays, but she asked me to do this call. So I said, yes. And I said, <laughs> I don't know that you don't work on Wednesdays. That is not a part yeah. of the world. Exactly. I don't even know my exactly. own schedule. So Right, right. Times again, it's you um, holding firm to that, even if they keep coming back, because we do teach them how to treat us. And if you give Mm -hmm. in or whatever, then they're going to continue. Yeah. And that's a perfect example, um, because as I mentioned before we started, I used to take off every Thursday and go into town and do like spa days and stuff. And when I was a VA, I told all of my clients before they hired me, I'm like, I take every Thursday off. Is that, you know, is that going to be any challenge for you? I get my work done Wednesday before I leave. Then I'll come back Friday and get things done. But I will be gone and you will not be able to get in touch with me on Thursdays. And they would say yes. And then believe me, I learned that every Wednesday I needed to email them and say, just reminder, I will be gone tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, it's just, it's, it's setting that boundary and sticking to right. it and then communicating it well. So that right. way it's not uh, this. Dis- right. I didn't want them to be, you know, emailing me and thinking, well, she has, why isn't she responding? So I just decided I would just automatically email them every Thursday and, or every Wednesday and say, just a reminder, I'll be gone tomorrow. And then everything was good. So are your programs, e-courses, coaching, group coaching, how are you able to add so much value to so many people? Oh, thank you. Um, So my training itself is all online. And in addition to the actual training, you get a private coach for six months. And you get to be in our virtual expert membership area, which provides group support on multiple levels for a year. And then after that, if you choose to stay in that, it's uh, $67 a month. So your first year, you've got a combination of one-on-one coaching and group coaching. And then after that, it's your choice if you want to continue on any, either of those levels. And it all depends on what you want. Because some people come in and they're like, you know what? I, 
I want to spend plenty of time with my kids. Like I've got one VA in the group. Her name is Lori. She has four boys. She's homeschooling all four of them right now. And she does her VA work, her virtual expert work part-time. She sticks to those boundaries and I really respect her for that. And then there's others who are like, I want to earn a half a million and, you know, I'm going to work five days a week and, you know, play on the weekends and they do that. So it all depends on what you want, but I'm there to support you. I'll meet you where you are and help you grow to where you want to be. Is that private coach you, or do you have other coaches that are on the team that you work with? Yeah. So I do have other coaches. We have about a dozen coaches. And when somebody initially joins the program, they get it, the first thing they get is assessment to see which coach might be the best fit for them. Because we have everybody from, and um, Denise, you know, I hope you can tell that fun is always a... <laughs> A big priority for me. Um, so we have we have nicknames for coaches, like one that is really, really kind all the time. We call her St. Joyce. So do you want a saint as a coach? Or at the other end of the spectrum, we have one that Nick, whose nickname is Sledgehammer, <laughs> another jackhammer. And they have literally gotten little props that they use. We, have, we do webinars and stuff and they get their props out. It's hilarious. And everything along the spectrum. So whatever you need, if you need a teddy bear that's going to hug you, or if you need somebody that's going to um, kick you in the butt, we've got something, uh, we've got a coach that fits you. And they're all graduates of the program and they all already have their own successful virtual expert businesses. So they've been there, done that, and can help you do the same. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I love this as an idea for moms who don't want to go to their full-time job anymore because of the current situation we're in and want to be able to find a way to make money from home and, mm-hmm. and scale it. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. network marketing, direct sales is a great way, but also becoming a virtual assistant, a virtual expert is another great way to use your skills, get paid well yeah. for it. And you don't have to choose either or. You can literally do both. Because Denise, I'm guessing that when you do your network marketing business really well, that it's not going to take full time. It's not going to take you 40 hours a week. Right, right. I mean, that's the goal, right? Is that we create beach money. Um, And a lot of times (laughs) you can get a lot of work done in just a few focused hours. Yeah. So if you want to add something else or you want to do something different, check out being a VA. And when um, you go to the link that Denise is going to share, there's free stuff there that you can learn from and see if becoming a virtual expert is a good fit for you. Virtualexperttraining.com slash dreamcast. And that will be in the show notes below. Kathy, thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Congratulations uh, yourself for like saying yes to your spark. I often say we can either choose to let our soul start to die or we can figure out a way to rekindle our spark. And that bold step that you took almost 20 years ago has really Mm -hmm. given others the space, the roadmap and the permission to say yes to their spark too. So thank you so much for sharing and everybody check out virtualexperttraining.com slash dreamcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.